He said their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life of God, from the life that God gives. They have no sense of shame, verse 19. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Now these are practical guides, practical principles, and fundamental practices that Christians are supposed to operate by. Throw off your old sinful nature. How do you throw that off? It's simple. Don't do what the Gentiles used to do. That is a very simple thing. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, throw it off. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. These are the practical things. These are things that Gentiles do. You don't do them. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. Then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear. This is, they should write this to Nigerians. Please, let me take a small break and tell you about that, being an encouragement to those who hear. Once, my colleagues in the office, highly skilled individuals, top of the food chain in professionalism by their training, by the law of Nigeria, the salary structure, director generals by CADA. All right? That's what they are. They formed a chat group. And of course, being one of them, I was insulted as a member. One day I told them, my guys, I'm sorry I will have to leave you people. Being a member of this chat group, because they are all doctors, I said, so I use a medical language. I said, it's a proven etiologic factor for clinical depression. What does that mean in English? It means that <laughs> I said this is a cause of yeah, depression. It's a mental state that requires psychiatric treatment. I said this is guaranteed to send me into clinical depression. Talking to you people. I told my colleagues. I said I was happier before I came in here. I can show you the chat. I wrote it to them. When they wouldn't listen, they woke up one morning and exited the chat group. Unbelievers, they don't pain me when they behave like that. It's when Christians vomit rubbish like that. They think they owe it to their neighbors to grumble like everybody else. How Buhari does not know what he's doing. How Prof will agree to be the vice president. How the two of them are confused. Why? I told all of them, I said, all of you are building houses. You are complaining. I said, please, I need to be happy. At the risk of offending everybody, I exited. Christians, be careful. 
the, the commandments of Christianity, we can't, it's, it's innumerable. Did you know that this was an instruction from God? That your, your words must be encouragement to those who hear? Next time you forward all this rubbish, tribalism, um, uh, what do you call it? North-South division, all the rubbish. You are a discouragement to those who hear. Yeah. My friend, Pastor Courage, I told you in his church, he's in Sokoto. Not those of you who sit down here, surrounded by both true Christians and false Christians, and even T.B. Joshua's disciples. They're all around you. Yes. Both true Christians pretend that all kinds of denominations are around you. In your market, they preach openly. My wife told me the other day she went to the market and stood and was watching one young lady, young girl, mesmerizing all of them in the market, claiming to be preaching the gospel. I said claiming because at the end of the day I began to doubt whether it was the gospel. If you want to connect with this blessing, one one thousand. In the market. In the market. Inside which, is it Peace Park or one of those parks? Or if it's Nachi, one of those places. My wife said, before her eyes, they gathered at least 150,000. Ah, apostles, they, they speak in tongues. <laughs> I don't blame you. Meanwhile, he goes to preach. They give him an envelope. Two, five. <laughs> and they give him 10,000. They feel like they have given him breakthrough offering. One small girl enter market, 150. We're all comfortable here as Christians, basically. There's no persecution. Yet my friend is a pastor in Sokoto where being a Christian is the reason why they won't enter a house. Most hotels until recently, no hotel will give you their hall to do church service. They want to sell land. They hear you are a church. The owner of the land will say, this is my contribution to jihad. He won't sell to you. And they will say it. That I will refuse to sell land to a church as my contribution to jihad. He will leave his house empty. He won't let anybody rent it. Why? Because the people that want to rent are Christians. He said, no, it's my contribution to the jihad. You know what I'm saying of this? A man in that kind of setting, you enter his church, they never discuss it. The word Boko Haram, he said he refuses to utter it. Why? He said, because David never called Goliath, Goliath. <laughs> you know, you are, when you're in some circumstances, you download revelations that we did not know was there. <laughs> the word Boko Haram never comes from his mouth. He said, because David never used the word Goliath. He talked down at him. These uncircumcised Philistines. He said in his church, it's forbidden. His children don't hear the news you hear. They live in Sokoto. Why? It's a law. We don't discuss what the enemies are doing. We discuss what God is doing. He said when Gideon was to go to battle, he had to hear words to encourage himself. So the Holy Spirit said to him, go near the camp. And he heard the Midianites discussing the evil that came upon them. They discussed the evil that Gideon was about to bring upon them. 
And the heart of Gideon was encouraged. He said, why do Christians discuss what Muslims want to do to them? They're by discouraging their own hearts. He said, let them hear what we are about to do and let them run. Him doesn't discuss what they are doing. So this rubbish talk is called complacency. You've eaten, you've, you are full. Yes. When you then the midst of persecution, you will download Revelation. Like I said, this is digression. And let's learn through Christianity. I know the joke. There are too many jokes going around in Nigeria today that they call Christianity. I'm not which killing conference. Uncle, waiting, I do you. <laughs> the daddy were driving past. My son said, Daddy, Daddy, look. I didn't see it on time. I said, What is it? He said, Kill them before they kill you. <laughs> yes. Near my quarter there. He showed me. He said, ah, we drove. You've seen it. Kill them before they kill you. Poster of program, church program. Koboko night. <laughs> the Lord is good. Well, let's continue studying the scriptures, Joe. I don't have time for Joe. Let's look, because there's so much Joe going on around. We need to tell the truth. The Lord is good. So he said, let, I'm just going to go back this again. I just, I just got caught by that expression. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of, the day of redemption. Get rid of all anger. Get rid of rage. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage. Get rid of anger. Harsh words. Get rid of slander. As well as all types of evil behavior. Did you see that? I said these are guides. He gave a few examples. He said get rid of all types of evil behavior. Anytime God says remove something, he always says what you should put in there. He said instead, verse 32, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Jesus Christ, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Please notice these words. Very powerful. You see what Paul was saying? Let me just explain something. I said something earlier, and it's so true. You see it there. Paul was trying to say, like I said, Paul was just giving guides, examples, general rules. Why? Because the things of Christianity, they are so deep. And diverse. They are so deep. So it says all types. I can't list all of them. But it says something. You will see. Let me look for that. This is I want to just one verse I want to read again. We read it earlier. Let me quickly find it. Yeah. Let me just go back to verse 21. Verse 22. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, I want to say something here. You will see something that Paul explained to us here, and that is the fact that we have a choice concerning how we behave. You know what I said? We have a choice concerning how we behave. I quoted David Paulson the other time, that creed shapes conduct. 
What you believe shapes how you behave. What Paul was saying in simple terms, I've established truths for you by the first three chapters in the book of Ephesians now. Now, because of that, let these things begin to work out in your life. And he established something for them here that you can decide, and he was telling them to do that, that what I've described to you is a new life. But you can decide if you wish, though God doesn't like that, to hold on to the old life. But this is what God wants. You take on the new life. One thing that Christians often do is that they want to hold on to the old life and claim to be Christians. I need to repeat this again. I used to think darkness is the absence of light. But I have found out that darkness is not just the absence of light. Darkness is a spiritual state. Before we even talk about the spiritual state, darkness is a tangible substance, even the physical realm. Right now, physicists have discovered what they call the dark matter, which they say is a major mass in the universe. Why? Because all the calculations that they have done have been corrupted by forces they can't explain. So they say that the mass of the universe cannot be what we think. So that part of the universe that is not observable by our light system, electromagnetic system, all those radiations that we see, they call it the dark matter, but it's tangible, it is there. When I read that side of physics, I said, my God, this Bible is powerful. Why do I know that? Because in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Bible says, darkness was upon the surface of the deep. We used to look at it, there was absence of light. No, there was a tangible substance called darkness that covered the surface of the deep. And God now said, let there be light. And he saw that the light was good. Next thing he did, he now separated the light from the darkness. Because up to that time, they were mixed. I said, my God. What physics is just finding out? He's been reading the book of Genesis from time in Moriva. <laughs> like we say. <laughs> You're getting my point. But my emphasis is that they could exist together. And God now said, this is how we live. We make a deliberate separation of light from darkness. So even though we have been born again, God said there's a next assignment. You will now look at your life. And just like I did in Genesis chapter 1, you also look at your life and say, henceforth, light be separated from darkness in my life. Many Christians don't do it. In fact, we start preaching doctrines that show that we can combine the two. Today I was just with one of my colleagues in the office. It was in the story of one doctrine that came. And I said, I've heard it before, it's not today. That a man came and said, he, whoever is born of God cannot sin. So whatever a Christian is doing is not a sin. I said, okay, what did he mean by that? Because when you have a doctrine, how we judge it is the result it produces. He said, ah, this is how it is. So, a man is eating, he really saw this. A man is eating banana. He was eating one banana, and his friend said, give me from your banana now. He said, hey, 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 you don't understand revelation. The Bible says we are one body. As I'm eating, you're already eating. <laughs> Can you see? Why? The truth is that the human nature does not like to give. He said, you will find a man and a woman lying down on the same bed. They are not married though. He said, what's happening? He said, ah, you don't have spiritual eyes. 
In Christ, there's neither male nor female. What are you seeing? <laughs> these, these are not comedians. They are Christians who are trying to explain away darkness. When they're joking, they say, Lila, they were not joking. Are you getting my point here? What am I going to say here? Because people refuse. They don't understand that Christianity is, listen, Paul said, this is light. Ephesians chapter 1, let there be light. Ephesians chapter 2, let there be light. Ephesians chapter 3, let there be light. Then in chapter 4, he now said, now, let's do like God. We have seen that the light is good. Let's now separate the light from the darkness. Let's separate the darkness from the light. Because without it, the power of God will not be manifested in our lives. Listen, there are two sides to this, like I said earlier. One, there's a side in which these are things that come out of, these are things that are produced as a result of the new nature we have in Christ. Then number two, these are things that if we don't attend to, they close the power of God from flowing into our lives. He said, come out of them from amongst them and be separate, and I will be a father unto you. What does he mean? He, for, them, for him to be telling them to come out, he was already their father. But what's the implication? You will not experience the fatherhood in practical terms until you are separated. Very important point for us to know that we, one, we have a duty to separate the light from the darkness, and two, we can. Very important. We can. That's why Paul said, listen, just get up in the morning. Maybe next time I'll talk about it again. How to overcome the lust of the flesh. How to overcome the fleshly nature. Spiritual things, they are not achieved by personal effort. You've heard me teach this one here before. That God does not expect us to use our own effort to do these things. When I give a commandment, you can't obey it, God said to us. What you need is two things. One, pay attention to it. Two, believe what I have said. If you do those two things, obedience will start working itself out of your life. When you find disobedience, he now gave a code for that. First John chapter 1 verse 9. We now take it to God and confess. He said in Jeremiah, acknowledge your iniquity. These are processes for separating the light from the darkness. What the world does, like there's one of those messages I titled, Hate It and Win, Dominion Over Sin. Because what people do is that they start lying about doctrine. Like the one I mean, we, we said now, it sounded like a joke, but people were practicing it. They were practicing it. David Paulson said, when the behavior is wrong, the belief system is wrong. When the conduct is wrong, the creed is wrong. When Christians hold on to wrong dogma, they see them misbehaving in the practical life. Are you getting my point? So what we need to do, Paul was saying here, listen, you have learned about Christ. The problem sometimes people, they don't want to change. They are looking for things to excuse them from doing what is right. Why? Because deep inside, they don't want to. Many people that say that they can't, they can't, they have not had enough motivation, that is why. Uh, Mary Kay Ash told the story I've told many times about her husband. For a long time they said this man, smoking is not good. He tried and tried to stop. He could not. 
The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. You know something that happened? He, they, she stylishly allowed him to see a, an article he, she was reading. In which they explained the dangers of secondhand smoke. You're not smoking, your father is smoking. You're not smoking, your husband is smoking. You are inhaling the smoke they live in the atmosphere, in the home. They found out that it's just as dangerous to the secondhand smoker as it is to the primary smoker. So she allowed him to see it. The moment he saw it, he never smoked again. He realized that I'm not only hurting myself, I'm hurting the people that are important to me. The power to overcome. The Bible says for the, is it that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Listen, that joy is not, I will now be bigger than all else. The Bible said he had equality with God. There was nothing to look forward to. What was he looking forward to? He saw that you and I will be delivered. That joy was too much. He endured everything. In the same manner, this man saw that I'm hurting my people that I love. He endured the hard, you know, the symptom of withdrawal and he stopped smoking. Of course, just to end his own story. But in his case, it was already too late. Two years later, they diagnosed that he had cancer of the lungs and he died shortly after. Now, if you know the way cancer grows, if you see cancer today, it's been growing for years. Alright, so by the time he stopped, the cancer in his lungs had already developed. Now, just to let you know that many times people don't have enough motivation, that's what the problem is. If we have the motivation, if we know that these things, we can't explain. Listen, like I say all the time, sin is spiritual poison. It's the reason why destinies are capped. You will not succeed in life because you know how to labor. My friend was in my house today. In fact, I have to see him now, immediately after now. And it reminded me of a Yoruba proverb. It says, Kirakita Odola. That's not Japanese. That's Yoruba, all right? <laughs> Which means, Hosu does not turn to wealth. It's an old Yoruba proverb. That all this Hosu does not turn to wealth. That is, men have observed this for centuries. And they said, Hosu is not what becomes wealth. It's in the Bible also. Solomon explained it to us. The race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. He said, bread is not for the mighty. Nor favor for men of understanding. He said, but when you look under the sun, what does it appear like? Time and chance happens to them. When we look above the sun, he said, it's of the Lord that shows mercy. No matter how good you, your plans are in life, there are spiritual forces that cut people's destinies. They don't go for, forward. When we understand this principle, we handle this old life <laughs> with more seriousness. Many people go, say, this man is going to be a great man of God, a great businessman. This woman is going to be great. And you know the truth about God? He says it, and he says, run with it. And they start running with it. But there are heavy chains tied to their legs. Like in Yubama, we say, they have a ball and a chain. Remember ball and chain? Those days in prisons, they know, to, so that you don't run far, they have this heavy metal no round ball, like a cannonball. They chain it to your leg and they let you go free. <laughs> you can't run. You're not going anywhere. That's what happens. What does sin, sin do to people? God says, who's in boat? Run. Who's in boat? Say, Lord, I'm coming. 20 milligrams of Valium, 30 minutes before the race. You will never be the fastest man in the world. I hope you get my point here. That's what sin does to people. That's what it does. And as I wrote that book, let me recommend it again. Beyond gifts and talents. 
you must understand, um, Samson was gifted. Samson was talented. Samson was gifted. Let me tell you how gifted Samson was. When you draw a picture on the wall, and we want to see all these comic books, Samson is easy to identify. Easy to identify. He looks like what? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Incredible Hulk. That's what he looks like. In our comics, in real life, he was not like that. Samson was your size. Samson was an average man. How do I know? Because the Bible says, they will look and say, what is the secret of your strength? If the man was Arnold Schwarzenegger, why would you ask? <laughs> I mean, think about it. If the man was incredible, huh? I mean, we will be able to understand. What happened was that the guy was a normal, like Americans would say, just a normal, an average Jew on the road. He's going JJ. The Philistines will annoy him. And only him will stand and say, Walaita Lai, come near here. And a whole battalion of Philistine soldiers will attack him. And he will kill all of them, not one scratch of his body. They will look, say, Oh boy, which jazz do they use? That's the meaning what's the secret of your strength. Who's behind you? Tamba Bang Bejoy. Who's the Baba? <laughs> you get my point. That is behind you. That's what they meant. The man is going on the road. Looks normal. A lion comes after him. He looks around, finds one stick. Beats the lion like a dog. That's how talented he was. He was meant to go far in life. He was meant to go far. But the fact that God has called you does not guarantee success. The fact that God has anointed you does not mean you will do well in life. You can be anointed more than anybody else and you will die quicker than all of them. I always tell preachers, please, read books like, like um, God's Generals. The Lord said to that young man, Robert Leadon, study the lives of my servants. See the mistakes they made. Look and you will find why they didn't go far. When I look at preachers these days, I shake my head. The Lord came to Kenneth Hagin and said, be careful about money. Be careful about money. One of the major things people should learn in life is contentment. A few days ago, I thought about it again. I said there's crisis, economic crisis in Nigeria. I said it's called the trial of our faith. If you remind me, Apostle, I said I'll talk about money again. And remind me that I said I want to talk about how to abase. Yes. Money is small. Cut off on unnecessary expenditure. Stop doing unnecessary expenditure by faith. You can't buy an expensive suit and be paying by faith. You're a thief. Listen, anointed men fail. And as I talk about that, that's what I wrote about in that book. Um, Beyond Gifts and Talents. If anybody is listening to this, please, it's available for free download on our website. Very small file. Drop into your device and read it. It's a small book. and read it in one sitting. Paul was saying, if God is going to bless you, these are things you must not do. I like verse 25. Stop telling lies. The man said it like we say, Oha. Direct. Stop telling lies. There are different ways to tell lies. The obvious tell lies say, Who took these beans? It's not me. It's the other man. That's an obvious lie. But there are people who stylishly tell lies. 
And once the letters are accurate, they feel they have told the truth. I don't have time now watching my time to look to go through it. This is the simple thing about life. Lies. What impression did you create in the heart of the other person? That's all. You know it. What impression did you create in the heart of the other person? That's all a lie is. If that impression is not in alignment with the facts of the situation, it's a lie. No matter how true your words are. No matter how true your words appear to be. The impression you are deliberately creating in the heart of somebody else is what tells whether it's a true or a lie. Like somebody says, do you have money there? You know there's no money. You are checking your pocket. You are telling lies. Yeah. It's a simple one. You left your house. You didn't have money. In fact, the reason why you trekked, the kekes were passing. You were not exercising. Just that there was no way you now go somewhere. You now finish eating. You now you are hungry. You finish eating. They say pay. You now start checking and say, ah, only. Do you understand my point? <laughs> you need there was no money. That's what I mean. You are creating an impression that I, I, I have money. I'm surprised it's not here. <laughs> you haven't opened your mouth to say anything. No? Many people are lying. No? Ah, I must talk. In fact, <laughs> you know how you lie. We can lie like that. It's very simple. You know, the moment you dress up, you are creating an impression. If your suit is the same amount as your one more salary, you're a liar. You're a liar. You are lying. If you want to chase a woman, you borrow your friend's car, you're a liar. Unless you get there and say, ah, Angie... This is a mechanic's cow. I just let me quickly come. I used to carry you. You know you're a fine guy. You shouldn't trek. <laughs> if you don't say it, you're a liar. Uh, yes? I told you Christianity. Our commandments, oh, Father, they are, they are produced on a daily basis. <laughs> they come out on a daily basis. When you start, let me not, let me not say for more. You, you, you get the point. Like creating an impression deliberately of things that are not genuine. Just by the way, in this life, you don't need to. What did I say? Oh, you don't need to. You don't need to. I found out, you know the truth? Most people around you, they are worse than you. The only truth is that you are telling the truth. They are all lying. Oh, they are all lying. The girl you are chasing is a liar. You chasing her, you are a liar. That's why God allowed her to agree for you. Two of you. I don't need to say more than that. We'll be creating impressions. Listen, I asked my wife, as a single man, do the things I said I won't do to anybody. I'll tell you the truth. I stylishly told her how much I was earning. Now, you know, very simple to do it. Say, ah, how much is that shoe? Hey, two more salary. She's gotten the point. Don't need to say more than that. If you don't want to marry me, go. Go. There are richer boys around. None as anointed as this, but they are rich. Go. <laughs> People say, but clear scripture, stop telling lies. Stop deliberately withholding critical information. That's also a lie. The information is with you. You know it is needed 
You deliberately withhold it. I'm not saying you're just going to blab me away. It's them just saying that's in my mind. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, you know. Let me give an example. Who took this money? Thunder, we fall down today. They have closed the door. Police are arresting everybody. You know who took it. You are a liar. Yeah. You are lying if you don't talk. Let me not sit on that alone. Okay? Let me leave my message there. The fact this is this what they call Christianity. This, these are the reasons why destinies are not manifested. But let me just end with this because I'm watching my time. This is a fact. Paul said this. We can refuse. It's a walk in the spirit. What is walking in the spirit? Listen. What, what is it that is propelling you in life? All this, uh, this commandment, did, did the Bible say it like this? The Bible doesn't say it like this. You know, sorry that I'm always talking like this. It would be as if I'm a, I'm a man that's angry with tithes. You know, I'm not angry with tithing. I'm angry with the way Christians behave. A man doesn't want to help anybody, you know, cuts out 10%, God has paid you off. Now, you are going to bless me. Keep off the devourer while I spend my 90%. That's not a Christian. That's not a Christian. Walking the Spirit says, what do I want to do? I want to be a blessing to people everywhere I go. For that reason, I'm a generous giver. I don't have time. I'm not patient enough to be calculating the proportion of my income that I have given. Listen, if you read my book, Grace to Prosper, I explained the truth is this, and this is a matter of fact, this is the word of God. The New Testament tither is a man, the woman who is a cheerful giver. I mean, liberal soul. If you're not a liberal soul, no matter the percentage you calculate and how rigidly you calculate it, you're not a cheerful, you're not a true tither. You are not a tither like Abraham. Abraham is not just that tithe he gave to Melchizedek. It's his whole life. There was a time they had to fight for land. He stood and told Lord, pick first. That's a real tither. That's a real tither. He saw strangers at night. He said, wait, this is a dangerous area. Come in, come in, come in, sit down. You need to eat. You've traveled for long. You can't be traveling at night. That's a real tither. Not Oga. Welcome. I've already I've accommodated 10 guests for the month. I have space for 100. That's title. The rest is for me and my family. I'm talking about walking in the spirit. If we have the right attitude, we produce without, you know, trying to be legalistic, the right works. The idea is, will this be pleasing to God or not? If we are in doubt, we don't do it. Until we get real understanding, real revelation. Not trying to explain the way God understands. The Lord is good. Let's close. Please, quickly. We can read through that again in your own spare time. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Trafficking in drugs is not listed in the scriptures. You know that. It's an evil behavior. Hacking into somebody else's email account. Is it in the Bible? It's an evil behavior. <laughs> are you getting my point? Uh-huh. There are many things you see that they are doing now with social media. Uyimboma is trying to write law against. The Bible says all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let me just stop because the time is really gone. Alright. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you are blessed today, give me an amen. Amen. If you are renewed in Christ, give me an amen. Amen. Can we just rise to our feet? Let's quickly pray. All right.
Let's just really give the Lord thanks for today. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. For you have renewed me in Christ Jesus. I want us to begin to declare that. Say, in the name of Jesus, I've been renewed in Christ Jesus. I've been renewed. Say, I've been renewed in Christ Jesus. Thank him for that. I want us to remember, our old flesh has been taken away. Our old self has been nailed to his cross. We are free now in Christ. I want us to declare it. I am free in Christ Jesus. All right, begin to declare it, that I am free in Christ. Declare, declare it, I am free in Christ. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. I have the Spirit of Christ in me now. The Spirit of God is in me. The Spirit that was in Christ Jesus is in me. I am a child of God. Declare, declare, declare that I am a child of God. The handwriting of ordinances, everything, every record of sin against me has been wiped away. Begin to declare it. It's been nailed to his cross. Now I am free. Now I am free. Every power of evil that was holding me down has been broken. I am not a slave to sin. I am not a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness. I'm a slave to righteousness. I yield, now begin to declare it. I yield my body, my members as instruments of righteousness. I put away the sinful nature. I put away the way of the world. I put away lying. I put away cheating. I put away dishonesty. I put away covetousness. I put away sexual immorality. I put away everything that's of the old nature. I put away anger. I put away malice. I put away anger. I put away malice. Declare, say in the name of Jesus. I put away these things. I begin to walk in the newness of life. I begin to walk in the newness of life. I begin to walk in the newness of life. Declare it. Say, now I'm walking in the newness of life. Now I am walking in the newness of life. Begin to declare it. I'm walking in the newness of life. I have put on the new nature. I have put on the new nature. I have put on the new nature. Declare it. I have put on the new nature. I have put on the new nature. In the name of Jesus. Declare it. Declare it. That sin shall not have dominion over me. I have the power to choose. I separate light. From darkness. I separate my light from the former darkness. I don't walk in darkness anymore. I am not controlled by the lust of the world. I am not controlled by the things of this world. But I walk in the newness of life that I have in Christ Jesus. Say every curse in my life is broken. I am not controlled by ancestral curses. I am not controlled by ancestral problems. In the name of Jesus, I'm a new man in Christ. I've been renewed in Christ Jesus. I've been renewed in Christ Jesus. I'm a victor. I am seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Far above principalities. Far above every work of the devil. Far above every dark spirit. I am seated with Christ Jesus. My life is hid with Christ in God. I am protected by him. I am a son, a child of his love. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One to go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus. Please quickly bless somebody on your side. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus.
multiplication. Bless another person. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication in that name. All right, cheer up, brethren.